I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about The Batman Adventures, issue 15, that came out November 2nd, 1993. The commish busts up some goons, for better or worse. 20 years ago, he would have fought his way out of this issue. Jason, what did you think of Batman Adventures 15? I I loved it, and I loved how, and I don't know how intentional this was, but I love how in the entire book, Gordon had the squarest, biggest jaw. Just yeah. even, oh, even yeah. square and bigger than Batman. Like that, yeah, that I just totally. really, really enjoyed that cleft of his chin. <laughs> it was, it was really, really good hard, hard boiled, you know, kind of a classic like, yeah. cop slash detective story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good. We're going to yeah. get into it. Hell yeah. Should, should we have a stinger where we say night quest and then there's like a loot playing in the background? Because it, it really sounds <laughs> like, like it's I feel like it's like, I thought we were doing the, uh, what is it? The Lounge Singer? It's a night quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the old uh, Bill Murray SNL bit. Yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. hit me with one? Yeah, night quest. That crazy night quest. Hey, there's claws. Night quest. <laughs> all right, all right. You crushed it, first of all. Yeah, first I, of all, you crushed it. I, I do I do appreciate the all right, all right. Be like, okay, he's going to keep going if I don't stop he's gonna, Yeah, yeah. I got to slow him down. I got to put, <laughs> put a road sign down. Yeah, uh, I can see him thinking. I can see him thinking, pull out, pull out. (laughs) I've been deep diving into some night quest stuff, by the way, some, some extra stuff, uh, by deep diving. I mean, I watched one YouTube video that was suggested to me about night quest. Apparently, I think that counts. Apparently Denny O'Neill wanted Bruce Wayne off the board for at least a year. No books with Bruce Wayne, nothing to do with Bruce Wayne at all. That's what Denny O'Neill wanted. They wanted to really, impress upon the readers that's like no more bruce wayne stories we're just doing jean paul batman he pushed for that but executives at warner brothers were like no you can't do that like you have to you have to have some bruce books and they kind of like forced him to do some bruce wayne stuff in the like 11th hour which is why night quest kicks off and we don't have any bruce wayne stuff and then this pod we've got a bunch of bruce wayne stuff Knowing about that now, like just now learning that information and thinking about it for a second, I'm like, I think that would have made like most of this like post nightfall stories land a bit better because I think that absolutely Denny O'Neill was probably thinking, oh, like if we make this real, like Bruce Wayne is so broken, he's just gone and has no like this is how serious it is. The the punch would have been way, way harder. Not only that, but it's like, you know, we're in we're in the 90s and it's grim dark. Grim dark is the is the thing that everyone wants. It's the thing that everyone's pushing for. Yeah. And like Night Quest, John Paul Batman is grim dark. He's <laughs> like ex- Very much. he's exactly what everybody was like clamoring for. And I think this is like. And this is just me speculating, but I, I really feel like this is Denny O'Neill being like, fuck it. We'll give it to them if they want it so bad. We'll cram it down their throats and oh, then yeah. make them re- like kind of regret it, because I think the whole point of this is that, like, you're not supposed to be into John Paul Batman. You're yeah. supposed to you're supposed to want Bruce back. And the letters, apparently the letters section reflected that like people were like, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Batman is Bruce Wayne. Like. 
you know, these things were unmoored here with this Nightfall stuff. They hated John Paul. And I think you're supposed to. I think you're you're really. But I I think that Denny O'Neill wanted to, like, live in that space for a while. Yeah. Before bringing Bruce back. And I don't, they just didn't get an opportunity to. Well, you know, it's really interesting. This just made me think of I was never like I've never been that big of like a wrestling fan. But like, you know, I know like the big names and like the people that existed in a few of like, you know, famous matches or whatever. Right. Like WWE mm-hmm. style wrestling. And it's reminding me of how in the 90s, even though it happened a little later for wrestling, but in the 90s, they had these. So like the way like The Rock first got famous and the way Stone Cold Steve Austin first got famous is that their characters as The Rock and as Stone Cold were supposed to be heels, but people fucking loved them. And so (laughs) they still acted like like The Rock's character when he became what they call as a face still acted like overly arrogant and like, you know, the like. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what you think. Like all of those lines came from when like that character was supposed to be an arrogant villain that everybody hated. But first there was something in the nineties where people were like, no, 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 we love this asshole, you know? So I wonder, yeah, 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 for sure. I wonder if they were trying to channel that. Yeah. Well, also I just want, it's just interesting that like it actually, it actually backfired with Batman, I guess maybe because he was an existing character. Maybe, maybe because they got rid of a beloved character. Maybe that's the point. They wanted it to backfire so that yes. night, like night's end felt so much more impactful. You know what I mean? I'm imagining the kind of power that Denny O'Neill had as, um, I don't know if he was editor in chief at this point. I, don't, I think he was just editor of the bat books at this point. Um, yeah, but he, you know, he had a, a significant amount of like, you know, power within DC, but he still had people he had to answer to. Oh, yeah. And, and still so, got bosses. Yeah. And like you were saying, it kind of sounds like, you know, Denny O'Neill being like, all right, this is what you guys said you wanted. Fine. Here's how we're doing it. That I mean, this is hey, this is what right, the boss. Right. This is what the boss has told me to do. Bosses told me to I do it. I don't know if I don't know if John Paul Batman was a, a boss's thing. I think that they they wanted to do this because I think they did a writer's retreat from what I was what I was hearing on YouTube that they did like a writer's retreat and they kind of built this and they were uh, in the very early stages. Asriel was supposed to break Batman's back. It was supposed to be Asriel who did it, not Bane, you know, which would have been also pretty interesting, but then they started creating Bane anyway. Anyway, Jason, we got so much, we got so much pot. Yeah, we got, we got, we got got a thick soda. I had to bring wrestling into it. Let's talk about, Shadow of the Bat 21 and 22 that were on stands. These were not Knight's Quest the Crusade. This was Night Quest the Search, which is the Bruce Wayne stuff. Jason, I felt like I was freaking out the whole time I was reading this issue. <laughs> we start in London. Bruce, still with his spine broken, dresses like Batman and goes to a new hero called the Hood, who's similar to Batman, but British. He asks the Hood to break into MI6 in order to track down Tim Drake's father and Dr. Chandra. Hood does that. (laughs) Tim Drake's father and Doc Chandra are being held by Colonel Vega and Mr. Ass, both metahumans, and they're in a monkly hall. Asp is throwing the traditional hunt ball there soon even though they are, they have prisoners in the basement. And then 
In a wild six pages, we find out that Bruce Wayne is in love with Dr. Chandra via a montage of women that Bruce Wayne has flirted with. And then immediately after that, we find out that Dr. Chandra is a meta that possesses healing abilities. Bruce and Alfred dress up as previous lords of Monkley Hall in order to go to the hunt ball. The government is getting asked to build a weapon off the books for them. Chandra heals while Asp uses his powers to amplify while wearing a helmet that is completely different from Cerebro to reverse the the healing vibe and letting him kill anyone from a distance. The government does this while the party is happening upstairs. Chandra gets when Chandra gets wheeled back into her cage, Bruce bumps into her. She doesn't know who he is. Perhaps the world's greatest detective was too disguised. Jason. These books were a fucking fever dream. Like, <laughs> like what was ha- what is happening? I I think I think what is happening is uh to 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 throw it back to the DC editors, they probably either intended to or you know, were like, "Okay, we got to get Bruce Wayne uh walking again and back to being Batman. How can we uh plausibly How do we how do we wedge him in? Yeah, how do we uh, heal I, a character in less than like you know five years that it usually takes for someone to learn how to fucking walk right, again after right. they break? So back? Bruce through these issues is like doing strength training, and he's like in order to stand, he's being like tied to a pole. Anyway, I, I also I am remiss to say this was written by Alan Grant oh. and drawn by Brett Blevins. Just wanted to make that clear. Um, yeah, so Batman's like through this thing, he's also doing like i don't know healing his spine through sheer perseverance i don't know and then like but they set up chandra having healing powers and i was like oh she's gonna heal his spine but no he's like standing around anyway he's like walking with uh, like canes i'm like i'm like what are we what are we reading jason i think i think i think i'm guessing that likely what the conclusion to this is going to be is that she was already inadvertently healing him a little bit, but because Batman's sure. actual superpower, as we've discussed before, is just his his insane will, you know? Yeah, right. And so it'll be like, that helped it along. And then now that they're setting up that there's like an amplification thing, all I can picture is like some showdown where the person who amplifies her, she like uses him to heal Bruce all the way and then Bruce like rears back sure. up and beats up everybody because now he's a hundred percent Batman oh again. God. Jason. And that's that Jason. That's, that's what I'm getting through, from it. Through no fault of Alan Grant and Brett Blevins. <laughs> I hated these issues. I hated them so I, much. <laughs> I, I definitely get the the uh I I definitely <laughs> fully accept the really good professionals just trying their best with the assignment that they got you know what i mean they they, they are just that is what's happening they're just working their hardest but they're just like man i was i was given nothing but baking soda and capers and they want me to make a meal (laughs) little futurama reference for anybody the whole time the whole time i'm reading this i'm like hey hey are they gonna are they gonna heal oracle should we give oracle a call like (laughs) no we're just gonna we're just gonna go right past that, Nick. I guess. Nick, if if you've you've obviously never read your uh, uh, Joseph Campbell and a Hero of a Thousand Faces, women 
do not exist to be a hero or any oh, women okay. only oh, exist right. to be oh, an no. object oh, no. and to Jason. be <laughs> you're gonna get this podcast put on a list <laughs> in, ca- in case anyone didn't catch that i was totally being sarcastic about the well not about what joseph campbell meant but about it being a right and good thing you know but, <laughs> but, but that's just i think that's that's just like to I, I don't think they fell intentionally on those tropes but i think you do bring up a good point where it's like oh here's this like integral character who could be healed but i honest to god think the reason why she wasn't not explicitly but it was because she was a woman and they just didn't think about it see you i know? think i think i, that I think it just didn't occur i think it's less i think it's less sinister than that i think that it's they have a plan for oracle and they want oracle to be a thing okay and yeah then, that's and they were like that's fair. oh no that's now fair. we have to write now we have to write this bruce wayne story and now he's gonna get out of the chair and we have healing powers and like i just think the two ideas just never crossed that, you know that's a on better the, on the previous pod we were talking about how Bruce and an Oracle, Bruce and Barbara had a moment where they were like, you know, the first couple weeks in the chair is hard. And I was like, I want to live in this space. And now that there's a healer, I'm like, I want to live in this space. Like where like they are having a conversation about it. Yeah. yeah. You I, know? Think, I, th- I think maybe overall with the Night Quest story and, and with hindsight, as we've mentioned before. Sure. And maybe the, the writers and editors realize this afterwards. That like, oh, if we were going to do this big event with Batman getting his back broken and we really actually wanted it to be a a, a total shift of the status quo, what they should have actually done was left Bruce Wayne paralyzed from the waist down and have the next few years being about his search for a successor and then just have that be a new Batman. And that's how you actually refresh and keep the story new is that Bruce isn't completely gone Kind of, kind of like what they did with uh, in Batman Beyond, where Bruce Wayne can right. still kick some ass and he's still really smart, but he's like in his eighties now, you know, and right. he just yeah, can't yeah. his his but, physically but can't you have take to, it. You, you know? have to think like if that's their goal, sure, that's what they should have done. But I think the goal is that like we're gonna make Asriel like kind of like a pretender to the to the mantle oh yeah and then yeah have 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 bruce come back like they're oh, not they're yeah. not thinking with the goal of like let's replace batman they're thinking of the goal of like let's do this thing and have batman rejuvenated in the end you oh know? yeah yeah no no i think that was the yeah. i'm just saying after the fact maybe they were thinking about it and thinking oh maybe sure, the goal sure. should have been different you know yeah, like maybe it would have been but like can i don't we, think they ever intended can we talk that. about how the, the can fever we talk dream about, of how much bruce is in love with this person all yes, of a sudden absolutely yes <laughs> are you so, i was i assumed that i just missed a bunch of backstories and issues much like with huntress remember when they were trying to get us to care about the huntress yeah. i just assumed there was like <laughs> that. a bunch of shit that like i Dude, i never he, okay read. let me run down let me run down how much <laughs> bruce is in love with her he dodged her calls immediately had one war- walk in an arboretum with her to in order to improve his mental health and then dodged her calls from then on. <laughs> that's that's the entirety of the interaction they had. They've spent like an, maybe an hour together. I, I honestly and just, Bruce is like the montage, Jason, the montage. So oh, disrespectful. Oh, so disrespectful. Oh, he's like he's like Catwoman, Selena Kyle, the love of my life, Talia, the love of my life. A, a, a key to my heart and then he's like dr chandra spent an hour with her and i guess now we're in love i'm like oh my god what are we doing 
cue uh cue the frank sinatra version of i fall in love too easily yeah. <laughs> like like come on man like no i i honestly uh, i honestly just assumed that there was a lot more back backstory to to bruce it's and, bonkers and, and chandra speaking, than, speaking of real quick speaking of backstory yeah when i was digging into some night quest stuff i found that we were missing do you remember when Azrael was introduced and and Batman was like, oh, yeah, Azrael, you remember from this other encounter we had with him. And we never we never read that. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there is a four issue arc that's like an Azrael book that we missed. That's totally separate. It's like a mini comic. So it's not even in the mainline Batman continuity. And that was the first time Azrael showed up. And to, to provide motivation for Bane, there's a one shot called Vengeance of Bane that we never read that apparently is the motivation for that character. So these two characters that are the central plot of like this entire arc are like, they decided to just do these one shots and they're separate and they're not even collected into the nightfall. Like we like I'm in the app. I'm using the night quest nightfall storylines and they're not included. Speaking of not included, neither is Shadow of the Bat 21 and 22. Jason, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think it's uh, and we've like touched on it before about the, uh, you know, uh, the way we grew up reading comic books and the way yeah. it is now and how like collections are a lot easier to get. And it's just like assumed now that like if you miss an issue, you can just get it in the you know, if it becomes rare, you can just get the complete collected trade sure. and yeah, yeah, get the yeah. whole story and i think we really forget just like how much we accepted our world when we were kids of like ah shit i missed this issue oh man it's worth 50 bucks now all right well i get the gist of the story you, yeah you know yeah i'll I just mean? keep reading they'll, they'll recap it if i need it yeah, yeah. Like, like that that's i think that's where like my assumption of like with bruce and, and the it is chandra right i'm not yeah 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 with, with bruce and chandra um they're uh, in love jason <laughs> and you can't even remember her name well, I just again. Also, I, I just Tim assumed Drake's, it was my fault. <laughs> Tim Drake's dad is also held captive for some reason. I, you want a hot take? Sure. Yeah, hit me. I hate Tim Drake's dad. <laughs> hate him. <laughs> Awful character. <laughs> Useless. Oh man! Like, not written in any way that makes him like compelling or likable, and he's just there to get kidnapped or to yep. like uh -huh. complicate tim drake's life and then to cry right. about being rich but being in a wheelchair like right i, I just uh, i just get so i'm like oh yeah don't don't kill whatever his first name is drake i I'm don't even sure. remember his name i don't remember his name they I, keep I, saying his name and then i'm like this time this time i'll hold on to it and i never remember yeah yeah it, it's it's just I, I i don't know man yeah you're 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 right it is it is just such a fever dream of oh my god dude yeah yeah you know and the whole and how quickly the whole like hood storyline plays out too oh my and god can we t this is something that i wasn't sure if i was going to include in the podcast <laughs> but like the hood is this white European blonde hair dressed in Knights Templar gear and he called himself the hood and all I can think of is Klansman like 
the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, man, they are just dog whistling the hell out of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't think that's the intention at all. But that is where they ended up, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) I just want anyone listening at home, because this is a not a visual medium, that when Nick began his sentence, he put his hands up and leaned forward. (laughs) This, this is really this yes, is really you have to, I have to brace you I have to brace you for this oh my god I, I will say this just, just to give it we've been rightfully given these books shit but I will say this <laughs> there was something about the insanity that I did at least enjoy like it was at least it's not great but it was at least fun you know what I mean yeah sure it's sure. like at least the the whole professional team was good enough to be like, well, we can still make a fun comic book out of this because we're sure, professionals. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But this is bonkers. Uh, Jason, we've talked about... Ugh, let me compose myself. Uh, I mean, do you even want to get into like the whole like story arc of Shadow or do you, do you want to just leave it as like, it's just kind of bonkers it's worth the read i like my final judgment on it would be like worth like worth the read but know that it's just like not the best but it is pretty fun i wouldn't i wouldn't touch i wouldn't they didn't include even include these in the night quest you know collected edition i'd burn them get rid of them out of here (laughs) (laughs) i they're like they did their best with what they had but i think that they were in a really rough circumstance to make these books and they're just doing the best they can. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't know. I, I think, I think it's also like, I think stuff like this is also illustrative of like sort of on the same tip of like, you know, Alan Moore gives advice of saying that like, if you want to be a writer, just like creative of like, you know, make stories that you should obviously like read and like in, inhale like good stories and great ones, but you should also like seek out bad ones. And then even like the absolute worst, like ones that you don't like or ones that don't, hit you in the right way and you should really seek those out too because you should f- try to figure out why they don't work you know and yeah. it can and it's so valuable because there's a, an infinite way to tell stories and i think this is if nothing else a good illustration of you know people who know how to tell stories but because of other reasons kind of being hemmed in and just doing their best and i think it's a good lesson in how they handled certain things well but also how obviously they didn't handle other things well. I don't even know how you would begin to improve this. Cause like editorial, like say for example, editorial comes to you and they're like, okay, you need to, in these next two issues show that Batman is in love with Chandra. We haven't set this up at all. And also she has healing powers. We haven't set this up at all. And you need to do this in 40 pages. It's just, I, I don't know how you would ever begin to introduce those things in 40 pages after these characters have established relationships. You know what I mean? I would make um, the Batman thing uh, with being in love with Chandra. I would make it, I would make it so Bruce is surprised at himself. I would make it to be like Bruce is like for most of the time saying, I have to save her because she's innocent and she shouldn't be involved in this. And then at some point realizes, Oh shit, I'm in love with her. And you know, and and then being shocked at his, you know, b- because the way he's experienced being in love with her now is that like it's complete and total and true, just out of nowhere. Instead of oh shit, I have feelings for this person. Yeah, Where yeah, I, yeah. And I think that would have played a lot better rather than like running through all of his old, somewhat problematic oh romances. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> like what are we doing here, Bruce? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but 
hey, maybe that wouldn't have been explicit enough for sure, uh, sure. someone I had to answer to, you know, if I was writing it. Yeah, yeah. We spent 20 minutes on Shadow of the Bat. It's 20 minutes more than it deserves. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. <laughs> we we, gave, we gave it a good shot. I think we're being pros in our own way about it, right? right? Let's, talk so. about, let's talk about Night Quest the Crusade. Something that I didn't do last pod because Nightfall was so Nightfall. interconnected. So interconnected between... Uh, detective and batman like they worked hand in hand so they were kind of their own things now in night quest we're back to them being separate like night quest is in batman is the mecro storyline and night quest in detective is the uh trigger twins storyline so i'm going to start to separate them again we'll see what happens if they interjoin again by night's end we'll see so Night Quest the Crusade continues in Batman, written by Doug Munch, penciled by Mike Manley. We pick up where we left off. Jean-Paul Batman pinned down by a Mecro sniping him from another building. They fight. Jean-Paul tells him that the mob was never going to pay him and they were going to double cross Mecros, planting seeds of doubt. We learn that Mecros was made by the FBI, who is also in the pocket of the mob, and the FBI thinks that Mecros has gone rogue and might double cross them. The FBI sends an assassin Skyler to kill the assassin Mecros. The mob starts to think the FBI double crossed them and they're paying Mecros to go after them because the two of them are dead. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But don't worry, but don't worry. <laughs> People are going to get punched soon with claws. John Paul Batman is across the street recording the mob talking about the contract killing. Mecros kills a lot of the mob under Jean Paul's nose. Like a like a lot of them. It's a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like a crowd of 15 mobsters in that bar in that like restaurant. And Mecros just goes in blasting. Yeah. Jean-Paul takes the recorded evidence of the contract killings to Gordon because he's learning to actually be Batman. Gordon is super sketchy about it. He thinks it's a different Batman correctly. Skyler goes to kill Mecros and Jean-Paul Batman jumps right in the middle. Mecros kills kills Skyler who is distracted by Jean-Paul and then uses his rocket-propelled rollerblades to get away. <laughs> Jean-Paul Batman catches up with him in the grocery store, and they totally destroy that grocery store. He kills a few people! He kills a yeah. few people! Jean-Paul Batman beats Mecros eventually via punches. It says this continued in Catwoman number six, which isn't in the Knight's Quest Connect collection, but has a Night's Quest banner on it. Again, the previous Shadow of the Bats were not in the collection. <laughs> the point is, is that Catwoman 6 is also on stance. Jason, what did you think of Batman? What did, you, did you read Catwoman 6? Did it entice you? No, it didn't re- entice me to read Catwoman 6. I'm, I'm learning to enjoy these books in a way, kind of like I was talking about Shadow, like not being great. Like, I don't, I think this book was fucking crazy. I think, (laughs) I think the worst name possible for a CIA assassin is Skyler. (laughs) Like, what the, like, did, did he like grow up on a hippie commune in Northern California? It's so weird, dude. What the fuck? And then then Skyler busts in. And he's like, I even got armor piercing rounds for Mecros. And then 
just dies. Like there's he Macros is in he's like Iron Man and Skyler's a guy with a gun. And I'm just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And you're supposed to be at least the second best assassin the CIA has. And right. Your best plan. FBI. FBI. Oh, FBI. Your best plan is to knock down the door and have a conversation with the guy instead of being across the street in a nest. Right. Yeah. Far away from this dangerous person you want to kill and then get like, I, I know it was intentional to like show how much of a bad person Jean-Paul Batman is, but like. He just sure. mur- he just murdered like three fucking people in the grocery store on rollerblades, <laughs> which honestly, I'm going to be real true. No, no, no. Mecros Me- Mecros was on the rollerblades. Well, yeah, that- Paul Batman was not on the rollerblades. Yeah. Mecros well, just yeah. like is cutting a bloody swath through this entire issue, just murdering all the time. Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. Like until just this moment, I didn't even realize there were rollerblades. And I flipped to that page. I'm like, oh, there it is. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd, yeah. How'd I, miss- I was like. When I read that, I was like, oh, shit, it's on <laughs> when the rollerblades pop out. You know, it's on. <laughs> yeah. Talk about grim dark. Like after he beats the shit out of Mecros, he hangs him from a meat hook. Yeah. In the back of the supermarket. Like <sighs> fucking nuts. Sh- and that's sure, the thing. man. So like so like he hangs Mecros on a meat hook in the back of the supermarket. And then Mecros is like doing his like mantra thing that he's always doing, like the Phoenix will rise, whatever. He keeps repeating the same phrases. Yeah. Because he's like programmed basically by the the FBI. Just like John Paul. And then it was like continued in Catwoman. And I was like, I was like, what is continued in Catwoman? So I did read Catwoman, Jason. And let me tell you, jumping in on Catwoman number six, you are just thrown to the wolves it's it's like catwoman has like she's like gotten into a group of like five people who are like environmentalists but one of them is making a toxin and he's like trying to hide it from the other environmentalists and then catwoman's like trying to steal some of the toxin because it might get used against people or something there's like you're like it, issue five, no night quest banner. Issue six, night quest banner. I'm like, oh, there's going to be some night quest happening. Night quest doesn't happen until the like final panels where like Jean Paul Batman shows up and Catwoman's running around on a dock. And that's it. That's it. That's all of it. I wonder if Catwoman was showing some rough numbers and they were like, we got to, we got to punch these numbers up. Let's make it a night quest. Possibly. I mean, that that's uh, I just I'm sorry I just got stuck on like yet again I should make a database of this of how many times it happened in 90s DC comic books yet again it's environmentalists are the villains scary environmentalists yes these be- <laughs> like these assholes that want us to have drinkable water <laughs> you know like these pieces yeah. of shit. Yeah. Like, if if, if only, hey, listen, capitalism might have caused this problem, but you guys, you shouldn't protest or anything because capitalism will also fix the problem. Right, right. Oh, God, man. The 90s. Uh, The reason I read this issue is because I do know that coming up, Catwoman features prominently in the uh, Night Quest storyline. So I was like, I, I guess if this is this issue isn't in the collection, but it's got the header 
I'll read it just to make sure that there's nothing in there that I'm going to miss. Yeah, no big reference of Catwoman falling in love with someone she just met. uh, Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, There's nothing like that. However, there is one redeeming trait of the Catwoman issue, and that is they talk about Batman. They're like, oh, he's crazy. He's mechanical. He's a demon. You know, whatever. Because there's a new Batman in town. He's John Paul Batman. Yeah. And they show a artist rendering on a fake news like you know it's gnn instead of cnn yeah and it's like artist rendering of batman and it is the most insane thing you've ever seen he's got like a skull mask and stuff it's so good i texted it to you actually oh yeah okay we'll we'll be sure to we'll be sure to put it on the um on the twitter for the pod because it's very very good so anyway that was the mechros storyline it, it is yeah. it is honestly I, I i just thought about this i'm like you know even like some of these stories and i'm just like trying to be a little nicer to and charitable to yeah it's also like you know they're not good sometimes they can be fun but the thing about it is it's like it's not the kind of fun that i ever really like remember all that much you know like after we're done recording most of these just like slide off with the exception of like yeah yeah you know a few an occasional one yeah 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 I, um for what it's worth, I think Doug Munch is a good writer, but yeah. he might have been trying too many things, like juggling too many elements in a very short period of time. Yeah, lots for of, this to really click together. Yeah, there seems to be at every point in Night Quest now, like especially versus Nightfall, it seems Nightfall. It seems <laughs> that they are trying to cram way too much information. Yeah, I wonder if they have like a certain amount of runway before they know it's going to be nightfall and they're like, Oh, I've got all these ideas. And it's like, they're trying to do them all before that happens. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some of these ideas were going to bleed into shadow and then editorial was like, Oh no, no, now we have to do night night quest, the search. So that's, that's going to be over here. You know, I I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their, their plan was, but yeah, I do. I will say Uh, though, the, the cover of this issue by Kelly Jones. Great cover. Oh man. John Paul yeah. Batman's arm right there. Like that's yeah. that's my fitness goals, okay? I want my <laughs> I want my arms to be just disgustingly ripped. Just like like I want someone to look at me and be like, "Wow, his muscles are huge and that can't be healthy." You know, yeah, right. That's what he's I'm got going muscles for. on muscles. Yeah, that's how, does that, how is that even possible? <laughs> I'm actually repulsed by him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm going for. Uh, Night Quest the Crusade continues with Detective Comics 669, written by Chuck Dixon, penciled by Graham Nolan. The Trigger Twins shoot their way onto the money train. Batman subways his way to get there. The whole book is basically action. Jean-Paul Batman catching up to the train, getting to the roof of it, beating up the Trigger Twins. The plan was to drop the cash onto a boat once the train goes over the Gotham River. The Trigger Twins never get there because John Paul Batman beats them up. And the Gotham PD picks up the guys on the boat, including Dirty Dan, the numbers mob boss who planned it. It ends with a teaser of a man from Paragon Pictures pulling up to an abandoned movie set looking for Mr. Kerr. Shockingly, it's the Joker. Ready to roll cameras on the death of Batman, the motion picture. Jason. This is an extremely condensed version of Detective Comics 669. What did you think of Detective Comics? Uh, 
I enjoyed uh, the little, I enjoyed the homage to uh, the taking of Pelham 123, the original, which I think is one of the greatest American films ever made. Um, I've never seen it, oh. so I didn't pick up on any of that. So when, when they're in the, um, the, the, uh, the subway control room, like one of the guys yeah. um, is somewhat fashioned to look like uh, Walter Matthau's character. He was one of the main characters. He was like the head guy oh, that's rad. at the train yeah. station in the original taking of Pelham 123. And it was about a robbery of a subway in New York City, be, like robbing the money car and like the, all this yeah, like yeah. stuff. It's uh, everyone see the taking of Pelham 123 as many times as you can. I never saw the remake. D- have no opinion on it, but the original is just chef's kiss. Great. I, I-, I love that. I loved, I-, I just, I wanted to make sure to get his name right. Yeah. I honestly loved uh, Graham Nolan's artwork in this. I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, good. It, it was, it was so good and dynamic and it had that great kind of that great line that I love seeing. That's so hard to walk in comic books of this sort of like photo realism, but knowing when to exaggerate figures and things like that. Yeah. So like, not being afraid to kind of like make them stretch and make things like not so proportional if it serves like the action. Yeah. Graham Nolan. I, I feel like Graham Nolan is the, um, as far as art duties is the low key MVP, uh, recently. I know Mike Manley's new to Batman. I, one of the things that I, I read or saw on the internet, which we all know is where all truth goes to hang out. One of the things that I saw was that, Joe Quesada was going to be drawing Batman, uh, the regular monthly book. Yeah. And he, cause you know, he did the Batman 500 with the new costume. Yeah. He did some Azrael um, covers too. Like, I think like just pre, uh, nightfall he was, you know, yeah, yeah. famously. So they were, they were grooming him to be the new Batman artist. Yeah. And then apparently wizard magazine hired him to do a cover with Batman, John Paul Batman, like in the armor. Yeah. And being like, this is the new Batman. And he took the gig and then DC got irritated with him because they were like, you can't show the thing that we're going to reveal on the on the wizard cover. It's got to be our book. What are you doing? And then like he went in and blacked it out. So like it's mostly silhouette. And then to like make DC happy. But apparently they were so unhappy with the whole thing that he did not become the Batman artist. Ooh. And then as we know, Joe Quesada just uh, run out of town on a rail, never to work in comics ever yeah, again. Never heard, never heard of the guy again. Never heard from him ever no, again. I, I bet, I bet like, you know, that that's how you make enemies for life in comic books and you just yep, torpedo yep. your career. Yeah. As we all know, <laughs> the shadowy council that, that keeps, keeps the leftists employed in comics, <laughs> pushed them right out. I, I love how, I love how this is just like, People don't understand how funny this is for you and me because of how important a lot of uh, his and Jimmy Palmiotti's, uh, especially oh, yeah, like, man. work was when Ash, we were kids, dude. Ash. Ash, and even like and like Marvel Knights too when they got like yeah, that dude. Whole, uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. So. His Daredevil, his run on Daredevil, like yep. real great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But yeah, but the um, but the rest of the story, like I think it does kind of follow the like our, our criticism of the last book, which is like there's just so much. Like I wish I had more time with the Trigger Twins because they seem really fun. I know the Trigger you Twins know? do seem super fun. I as much as like so this book is all action, which made it making a synopsis really tough because it's like then Batman jumps to the train, then Batman does this other thing, then he punches that. Trigger. It's like oh they just fight for like the issue. Yeah, but like. 
I could have handled more trigger twins. I could have like they were just it was just so fun. And this issue read so well, especially after like having, you know, a lot of explanation around John Paul explaining the subway, explaining how everything's going to work, explaining the trigger twins. Like, I feel like we got two issues of just like constant explanation. And then we got an issue that was just all action. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. Yeah. Give me the action. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it was. I thought it was really well done, but you know, again, just like a bit, um, a bit busy, you know, a bit busy for sure. Like it, it was a bit busy, and the the conclusion was also like a bit too quick. Like I, I was, yeah, hoping for maybe a continuation and maybe a bit more nods to like the taking of Pell M one two three because like just that concept is like it's a really fun concept. Like we're gonna have a bank heist, but it's underground on a speeding train. Right. Isn't this a weird little uh, uh, stage for our play here? And to like to to pull from it and then make it Batman. Yeah, I think is an interesting idea. Yes. And I wish that we got more of it. Yeah. Hard agree. Yeah. Hard agree. Man, maybe maybe I should um, write a spec script for the Trigger Twins. Maybe you, know, you should do do some like, I, oh, my God, can I do like some sort of like freaking uh, uh tom king ripoff where like i don't know they they both one of them's bipolar now and like the other one is like you oh know, man they like, both are suffering trauma basically. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just drink okay. they just drink and like talk about their bad relationship with their dad oh no <laughs> jason i know some people at dc we'll get we'll get the script in the right hands yes <laughs> Let's talk about Batman Adventures 15. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting ready for um, the magnificence of uh, Jim Gordon's chin in this book. So you're going to have to give me. Yeah, yeah. Prepare yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to. The the cover, by the way, is so good. It's Jim Gordon tied to a chair surrounded by one, two, three. 10 goons and they got like Tommy guns and bats and chains and handguns and shotguns. And, you know, they're all in shadow and, and Jim Gordon looks like he's uh, in a bad spot. He's in a bad spot. Uh, beautiful goons in this issue. Yes. Just excellent. Excellent goons. My beautiful. This, beautiful this issue is called uh, badge of honor. It is uh, written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mike Parbeck, inked by Rick Burchett, colors by Rick Taylor. Lettered by Tim Harkins, uh, Scott Peterson editing, and Dan Vincenzo, assistant editing. Of course, same uh, same team as before. Yeah, and and we do have a. Uh, I, I I know you get annoyed by it, but uh, I do appreciate the, um, you know, the uh, the ads on the the, the ads the, on the cover. Yeah, oh the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, when original Batman art details inside, and they still they yeah. got the freaking comics code. Yeah, comics code is up there, DC Bullet, and then the Fox Kids Network is also the logo yeah, on there. Yeah, I just, you know. <laughs> Let's get into it. Act one is Officer Down. Officer Down. So, Gordon is basically confronted by Mr. Th- uh, Rupert Thorne, who is a mob boss. It's his men. There's three of them. There's one little guy and two big guys. Gordon is, like, chatting with the little guy. The little guy is basically like, hey... We have your undercover police officer. You know, we figured we found him out. Rupert Thorne has him. You got to deliver all the information that that guy like gave you to us. And then 
we'll give you your guy back. And Gordon's like, you know, of course they're not going to give him back. Like the guy got so close to Thorne. Thorne's taking it personal. Thorne's probably going to be the one to kill him. And then he also has this monologue going, and this is speaks to the hard boiled detective nature of this comic. This is a like through and through noir detective story. Yep. So the guy's waving his gun at, at commissioner Gordon. Gordon's like, you know, I th- they should come away with this feeling like I'm playing along so I can buy time. And then he he's like, I need to sound eager and desperate. And he's like, but my job means nothing if thugs like this can wave guns at a cop and get away with it. And then he just like cold cocks this dude waving a gun at him. The little guy just like lays him out, <laughs> takes his gun, points it at the other guys. He, they're like, he's like, drop the Tommy guns, pushes the other dude uh, into the other the other two two guys, the little guy into the other two guys. And he's like, run back to Thorne and tell him he's got a deal. The little guy's like holding his nose and he's like, that's Mr. Thorne to you. <laughs> yeah, it's I was going to say, I imagine that that so guy good. had a um, it was just coded that because of the uh, way he looked and like, you know, what I know of like noir stuff, which I'm like, I'm not the biggest noir uh, fan by volume of stuff I read. But anyway, but like I, I immediately in my head just heard like, you know, yeah, see, Mr. Thorne caught your boy. OK, yeah, and if very, you're going to want to. Yeah. Very weaselly little yeah. guy. Really, really, yeah. Na- yeah, really nasally. Really, really high on the just talking yeah, through yeah, his yeah. nose. Now, listen here. I'm a tough guy, you know. So this is kind of the setup is that we have a cop who's held by Thorne who was deep undercover. And Gordon's like, I got to get him back. So he goes to the rooftop, talks to Batman in front of the, the bat signal. And uh, Batman's like, I'll find him. And, and Commissioner Gordon's like, no. I will, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to be the one, if anybody's going to find him, it's going to be me. So Batman's like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm taking the back seat. Okay. He's like, what do you want me to do? Commissioner Gordon's like, just trail Thorn. He's under Thorn's skin. If, if he's going to die, Thorn's going to put the bullet in him. So just get next to Thorn. And if something goes wrong, you know, be there to make sure it doesn't go real wrong. Yeah. Yeah. J- Jim Gordon and all his, uh, chinly glory just laying yeah. down like that's why like batman said he like noticed like the the chin oh oh, oh, oh that's it guy, guy has the bigger chin he's obviously has more authority right here i'm gonna just, <laughs> that's what do you, how it works yeah what do you need man what do you need i'm not gonna uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be good i'll be good so jim starts going over files to get a lead he finds this guy tony weasel is his name it's weisel uh, <laughs> yeah so you you read it as Tony Weasel, and then later when he actually bumps into him, he's like, "It's Weisel." The accents on the on the last part. I I it's it's very good. It's I, very good. I honestly laughed, literally laughed out loud at the the. It, it's on the second set. Like he's like describing how you should like not just hey, it's Weisel, right. yeah, man. It's like no, no, no. It, oh. On the here's how you let do me it. make it perfectly clear because I hate when people do this. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, write yeah. this out phonetically for you, okay? Just to show you <laughs> where you're supposed to go up on this on the syllable. So Gordon decides he's gonna he's gonna track down Tony Weisel uh, or Weasel, whatever. And then we get into Act Two. You wanna you wanna break down Act Two? Act Two. Cop killer. Um, 
I hope that didn't blow up anything out. I was just kind I of. Think, I think handling the microphone is gonna uh, hand, like blow out more than more than your voice. Oh, sorry. I was I was, I was trying to channel my inner uh, pre Law and Order uh, Ice T. Uh, sure. Because of, yeah. of the title. There you go. Uh, there you go. But we get uh, Act Two, Cop Killer. Jim Gordon is authoritatively standing straight up in the back of an alley, and we get a classic goon. A classic Batman yep. Adventures goon saying, sorry, Pops, I think you got the wrong place. And then he uh, flashes his badge and this this goon with wraparound like Ray-Bans like lets him in. And oh, my God, do I love the uh, oh, man. quote the, unquote. The bar is so good. Oh, God, the, the waitress with the hairdo and like the the the, the drunk, like just with this just just slumped on the bar and then some blue collar guys you see like a like a dock worker sort of i think that yeah so there's there's i'm i'm imagining these are just like sort of like little nods or winks to things that i don't get the uh the references of but i do maybe but like also it's just such a great like the the dude slumped on the bar nursing a shot with the cigarette this is also comics code authority approved i don't know how like we have smoking in the book but whatever yeah, uh, he's he's slumped on the bar. He looks like some businessman who's like, you know, into some white collar crime, maybe, and is down on his luck. Yeah. And then there's like a guy behind him in a hard hat. And yes. I was like, it's like, what? what? I, I always love the de- the depictions of like people who work construction or something like still wearing like hard hats and shit. When right. They're sitting, like, yeah. Just to let you know, it's like they'd take the fucking thing off, man. Like, I've I know. Right. I've, I've worked manufacturing or, jobs most of my life. Like. As soon as you or can leave it at the site. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in a locker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but you have to show, hey, hey, this guy's blue collar. You right. Know? He's, right. He's a rough and, and tumble. The, the waitress is like hips flared out, beehive up, like glasses on the tray, Smoking. cigarette in the mouth. Yeah. 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 Scowl on her face. Uh, yeah. Oh, the bar, God. the bar that Mike Parobeck made is perfect. It's so great. And I, and I love how gingerly the goon is, is knocking on the door of, uh, of his yeah. boss, uh, wise. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, hello, sir. He's like, tap, tap, tap. Uh, and, uh, he, he's, you know, he opens the door and just immediately you get in the middle of the conversation of him being like, it's really him. He showed his badge and yeah. Jim Gordon just being a fucking badass just swings the yeah. door open with his gun up and gets attacked by my beautiful, beautiful goons. And yeah. but this is this is the most chinly man in Gotham. All right. This chin right. will not be denied. And he just handles the hell out of these goons pretty quickly. And so, yeah, one of the things I, I love this segment of Jim Gordon fighting these goons because in that first panel where he's like, he really showed him his badge and, and uh, Wiesel's like, okay, just stay calm. You have three other goons, right? And two in the foreground, one in the background, like slumped on the couch. And one of the ones in the foreground, they're all looking at the doorway away from where the word balloons are. And then you got a giant doorknob in the foreground with sound effects that say knock, knock. So you're you're looking on that right side of the panel where everybody else is looking and it makes you notice the gun in the holster of one of the goons, which is important information because two panels later, like Gordon comes in, puts his gun in that goon's face, the one with the holster, 
and then quickly with his other hand takes the gun out of his holster like the bad guy's gun yeah and then uses it on the next guy so like and Paroback, so that you can keep track of everything that's happening is making gordon's gun a revolver and that dude's gun like a like a glock so the guns visually look different as well it, it's just like it's so perfect the way he's kind of set everything up and put all the pieces down oh yeah i think i think that um that just is a perfect uh, uh example of how much of an honest to god just like top tier uh comic book making talent he is because that is so much yeah. information to pack into one page and to be able to do that in like a fluid easy way you know right. is just it's impressive it, it is it's very know. impressive it, it's just such a hard thing to to, to pull off it's like a, a a high wire act you know mm-hmm. jim takes out the goons with relative ease because he's on a fucking mission here all right yeah you know, he's got 24 hours he's he's got to get this guy yeah he's, and l- he's doesn't have time for pleasantries yeah like an act one it, like act one ended with him sitting at uh the officer who's being held hostage like at his desk and like there's just this like freaking photo of him with two little girls one with blonde hair and red <laughs> yeah, hair yeah, you know yeah. it's like the man has a family and jim gordon <laughs> the man's got gonna, a family <laughs> jim gordon's not gonna fail him and i love yeah uh, i do love wisel as just this sort of like cartoonishly harmless like small time guy where like gordon's like right. oh i i bet i could get the liquor commission down here he's like that's just small time stuff man like i'm you know he's very much just like i'm just a small time guy i'm not into all yeah, this yeah. like i do enjoy a sympathetic scumbag in a uh in a yeah. noir story Gordon, too, he's like, he's like, oh, I know. He's like, you'll be in jail for a few weeks tops. Piece of cake for a tough guy like you. And the, the Weasel's like, oh, my gosh. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Clearly not built for prison. Yeah. I also love the stylistic choice of because this is supposed to be, you know, it's connected to uh, uh, the animated series. But uh, mm. Jim Gordon doesn't have eyes. He's just all mustache and eyebrows. Everything's mustache, obs- eyebrows, sunglasses. Yeah, everything's obscured by the glasses, and I really enjoy mm-hmm. that uh, that that choice. And then then Gordon backs up into, and again with another ha- really hard, <laughs> over the shoulder shot, looking down on. Oh yeah, the undercover cop being tied up, and the goons just playing a card game. You know, guarding him until the boss want you know does right. what they want to do, uh, and he busts in on him and you know, tells them to put their hands up and he has them dead to rights. But then he starts thinking, ah, geez, this is a bit too easy and they're not drawing their guns on me and then gets whacked in the back with a hand truck. Puts it together, seven chairs, six people in the room. He he lost track of one and got cracked in the back of the head. Yeah, a little too late, but, he, but even though he's dazed, he gives it his best and looks like he almost breaks the guy's knee and starts trying to fight his way out of there and to, to really send home the noir bit. He's like, when I was younger, I could have fought my way out of these two bit thugs, but he knows yeah, he's, yeah, he's so good. He knows he's got, but he's Jim Gordon. God damn it. If he goes down, he's going to go down swinging, which Hell is yeah. so great. And, the, and again, the action, the, I, I, I will always love the simplicity um, but again, the hard to pull off um, speed that uh, the the diagonal 
uh, uh, weirdly uh, shaped panels give panels you, yeah you yeah. know because it's gordon's so- gordon's getting his butt kicked and uh Parobek is like putting these diagonal panels down with all these speed lines of like punches and stuff and it, it just works really well it's yeah. just very good yeah and i even i even think the um the somewhat not too bright but brighter you know by comparison like colors in the background is really kind of showing the, the the speed and the amount of the yeah, of like, yeah like he's really getting tuned up you know and like he knows it might right. be the end but this is an honorable man and he's trying you right. know he's he's trying his best and then we cut to i honest to god i always kind of forget about thorn as a villain and yeah because he doesn't he's not he's not a flashy he's just a mob boss he's not two-faced he's not the joker he's not Clayface. there's no gimmick other than organized crime yeah but i enjoy that he's just like a um a faux high society guy like he's not it's not ethnic in any yeah. way like he's not like an italian mob boss it's not like it's like no no he's just a crime guy you know he's just, just a crime guy just he's just it's just crime you know just generally crime and like he tries right. to act fancy and wears an ascot all the time you yeah know? yeah yeah uh but mr thorne though with his beautiful character design um is talking some things over with a representative from the Detroit mob and you, we jump in with them in mid conversation, you know? Sure. And the representative from the Detroit mob is like, you know, wondering about like, he's heard stories, his bosses heard stories that he can't handle like the Batman and the police and Gotham and whether they should do business or not. And Mr. Thorne's pretty happy that he can show his, his new, hopefully business partner that he has all that taken care of. Right. You know? And that's the the end of act two and moving into act three. Again, I love these act titles, man. Like just mm. lay it on me. What's act three called? Act three code dead. <laughs> so, yeah. So in act three, we start with uh, Thorne telling like just an absolute full room of goons and guns being like, remember, shoot anything that moves. And uh, we have. Gordon and the cop who's undercover, they're tied up to a chair. He's like, yeah, we won't be disturbed. And uh, he's like, not even Batman can run that gauntlet. And Jim Gordon is still narrating in his crime noir narration. And he's like, yes, he can, but not in three seconds. And he's like, which is about how long I've got until Gordon, until uh, Thorne stops talking. So he's trying to get Thorne to like chat about it. Yeah, let him know. Uh, let not, him in on the bad, the the nefarious uh, plotting that. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah, and also trying to buy time for Batman. Yeah, and yeah. so he's trying to like kind of drag it out. Thorn's not really having it. Takes out a gun. And he's like, "Lady Luck smiled at me, but ran out of time for you." And they're talking about how he found out that the other guy was a cop because he didn't want to turn in a kid for something really awful. Uh, it's yeah. like drug running or number running or something. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, some kid got mixed up into crime and the guy was going to supposed to tune him up and he didn't. And then he was like, he's a cop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sold, sold um, him out. Sold him out. So Thorne's about to kill everybody. And then what's this hit in the back of the head by the Detroit guy. That's how we do in Detroit. <laughs> Gordon knows immediately. He's like, it's him. I should have known. And, and it's Batman. Batman is the Detroit guy in disguise. He's like roughing up some goons. I was shocked how little Batman we got in this issue. 
It's there's barely any Batman. It's mostly Jim Gordon. And then now that we do have Batman, he's not even in the bat suit. Like, yeah, I kind of I, I enjoyed that part, honestly. Yeah, I I loved it. But I can't imagine being a kid and being like, I love Batman. I'm going to pick this up. And then it'd be like, where is Batman? Like, I wanted drawings of Batman. That's true. But it's it's nice that like, you know, Kelly Puckett and Mike Parlbeck like decided, you know, we're just going to try to do this other thing and, you know, see how readers respond. Like maybe they're given a little leeway to just kind of do whatever they want, you know? Yeah. Like this is a Jim Gordon story. This isn't technically a bat. Like it's still Batman's book and he has to be in here because there's no uh, chin Gordon without uh, Batman. But, right. You know, there's they they wanted to, to lean more heavily on. You yeah, know, this, this other character. So, yeah. We have Batman making short work of the goons in the room. Beautiful goons. You got eye patch goon. You got <laughs> you, you got you got like awesome mustache goon. Like just. <laughs> oh, so he uh, Thorn gets to the door. He opens the door and he's like, it's Batman. Get him. And uh, Gordon goes for Thorn's gun. Shooting starts. Batman's in the mix. Just like surprising some goons some goons are trying to hit them with the machine gun they can't you know and that leaves us so we have batman working on the goons outside of the room and that leaves us just with thorn the undercover police officer and gordon in the room and batman is very secondary to all of this he's he's making short work of the goons the goons are like one of them pulls at him and opens up his shirt and he's got the bat suit underneath we have thorn holding the undercover cop hostage we have Gordon with the gun, with Thorne's gun. We got a second gun in the mix. And he's like, drop the gun, Gordon. Drop it or I shoot the cop. Your choice. And Gordon's like, wrong, Thorne. Choice is yours. And he's like, if you shoot him, I'll shoot you. If you try to aim the gun at me, I'll shoot you. And he was like, so either way, give up or pray that I miss. And I won't miss. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very much a um, his uh, uh, Wyatt Earp moment in Tombstone. Yeah, man. You remember that famous scene where he's like, He said to turn loose of him. I'm not. So go home. I swear to God, Law Dog, you don't step aside, we'll tear you apart. You die first, get it? Your friends might get me in a rush, but not before I make your head into a canoe. You understand me? He's bluffing. Let's rush him. No. He ain't bluffing. You're not as stupid as you look. I now tell him to get back. So good. Yeah. So good. Oh, I fucking love it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Batman's roughing up goons. He's he's getting it done. We get the final page, and it's Jim Gordon with some cracked aviators and Batman in his full bat suit. And uh he's like, I thank him for saving my life again. And Batman's like, forget it. See you tomorrow night. And uh <laughs> The, the commissioner is like hands the badge back to the undercover cop and he's like, good to have you back, son. And he says he's like, I'm battered, bruised and exhausted tomorrow. I'll feel like dirt, but not tonight because you got to save, save a good man. Yeah. And I did love the line when he's handing back like to the guy he just saved, just got the shit beat out of him and he's handing him back his badge and like picture. He's like, uh, is it uh, forget it here? Uh, this this can't be mine. The picture's too ugly. You know, it's yeah, like he yeah. still Handed has his, back sen- his badge with yeah. this photo in it. Yeah, yeah he yeah, still yeah. has a sense of humor, even though he's been yeah, through hell because yeah. he's Jim freaking Gordon. God, can you tell how much oh, I really man. enjoyed this issue? 
Yeah, I was gonna say. So, Jason, what'd you think? Good I, one. Oh God, Be- beautiful. Just, just give me, give me all that crime noir. Inject it into my veins. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? I think the thing with like, I've been meaning to because uh, I love the show Justified. So I've been meaning to kind of go back and read uh, some Elmore Leonard stuff and some like uh, earlier um, crime uh, books. You know, just because mm-hmm. it's not been a genre like outside of like some Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips things and like the, and these kinds of more comic booky things that, uh, that I've experienced with it and some movies, but like, not like, you know, and, and I think though, the thing like, you know, something that Elmore Leonard was known for was like a lot of short stories. Cause I think crime noir kind of works best in these shorter. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Little. And, and like, and this is perfect. Like a comic book is, you know, a standard issue mainstream book is, perfect anywhere between like you know 24 to like 30 pages you can tell a beginning middle end yeah really good crime story and like i think there's also like i love their the the people doing the the this whole book obviously have a deep love and affection for that kind of stuff and they're really like absolutely they're not trying to shy away from what might be some of like the sillier aspects of the genre they're like oh no 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 this is why we're in the genre is for this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing for like Jim Gordon essentially doing this superhuman thing which is in a night just like what he's supposed to be this like what in his like mid 50s or something like this like 55 year old man like I always read him as as 60 okay because he's okay. like all gray you know? yeah 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 but, yeah but but like you know you just but in noir like you just accept that it's like yeah no the, the right. protagonist in a noir is like he might get hard beat boiled up. tough as nails yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he'll yeah. get beat up but like he'll never die that's not right. very, not very Marvin Sin City kind of thing. Exactly. A freaking wow, man. What a great point. God, I haven't read those books in ages. What a great. Yeah. Great, yeah the, the early Sin City stuff, like a dame to kill for. Like, yeah, that kind of like, yeah, it's like, yeah, part of the fun is that it's supposed to be a little silly and like you shouldn't shy away sure. part, parts of like sure. what makes the, the genre great. And like and again, like, man, just like bat in a thousand these these yeah. Batman adventure books, like even the couple that we've oh, done that we so weren't much fun that we weren't like as keen on as some other ones still were still good, still, still good. good. Still, I'd, I'd read the whole series again. I would not skip a song in any of these. You speaking know? of speaking of previous Batman adventures, do you want to hit the letters column and see what they had to say about that man bat story? Uh, I'm going to punch him in the face, but I will admit this is a week I didn't get to the letters. I'm, you I'm sorry monster i'm sorry you... i failed uh, I... <laughs> it's okay it's all right it's all right it's all right i'll read you some letters how about that okay okay we'll do we'll, we'll this will be a react uh episode <laughs> kids still like that does that right. work in, does that work in podcasts <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm trying to get our numbers up nick oh my god all right all right <laughs> Let me read you a letter. So this is in reaction to the man bat issue that we went over. This That was issue number 11. Dear Scott and crew, read Batman Adventures 11. Ah, of course, the old villain trashes city. Hero sends villain to jail. Villain can't remember his crimes. Villain visited by former rival. Villain escapes 
jail with rival hero confronts rival rival turns out to be villain first villain innocent all along innocent's wife doesn't realize this villain threatens wife innocent rescues innocent rescues wife from villain hero curses villain reunited with innocent and wife hug story if you've seen it once you've seen it a million times if (laughs) that was from scott hahn in lafayette indiana and scott says man you read a lot of comics (laughs) If Scott Hahn didn't get a freaking original art out of that. He that, did not. He oh, did not. Let unfair. Me, let me read you. Let I'm me read you. My lawyers. Um, let me read you the, some of the art or some of the letters that won. Mm. Dear Mr. Peterson, sir and friends, I've never owned a comic book until this, my 22nd year when dis- desperate to avoid studying for yet another auditing midterm. I picked up a copy of Batman adventures Four. Conveniently located, by the way, between the toilet toilet paper and frozen pudding pops aisles in my local grocery store. Robin was on the cover, and I had recently seen Fear of Victory with some friends who watched the show regularly. That night, we had a rousing debate over dinner about how Dick Grayson managed to maintain his grades and fight crime at the same time. A perplexing, perplexing dilemma for a seasoned college students who were lucky to get three hours of sleep without the additional responsibilities of a life-threatening part-time job. Anyway, I thought the comic would provide merely an amusing study break. Now, seven issues later, I find myself scouring my hometown and nearby Spokane for three is- the three issues that I missed. The sole female presence in a comic book store where the owner and cashiers either glare at me suspiciously or mutter, we don't carry no girl comics here, as I walk by. My dedication to owning every issue of the Batman Adventures has led my family to conclude with some accuracy that the stress of college life has driven me completely mad. So to you, the purveyors of these addictive comic book images, I I have only this to say, keep up the good work. That was Kathy Mayer in uh, Quart. Oh my, it's a very French name in Idaho. (laughs) Well, that's great. I hope, I I truly hope Kathy kept on reading comic books. Me too. And and, and didn't get weirded out because it's just always when you when you're not a white straight dude it stuff starts getting uh, yeah i can't imagine the uh, uh precariousness of especially when you're dependent on the comic shops around you like a lot of times if you got a great shop you might have a lot of uh people who are not white straight males reading but if you have a very like hole in the wall basement shop yeah. run by some people who are social shut-ins like you end up you end up like pushing a lot of people at the medium. So I really hope Kathy is still reading it. Yeah. Here's what uh, Scott said in reaction. Consider it kept. Consider the secret that she reads comics. <laughs> and for those of you who uh, inexhaustibly came uh, late and or inexcusably came in late to our wonderful little world. Here's some seriously good news. There's a trade paperback for those hard to find first six issues coming out soon. Join Kelly, Rick, Rick and Tim as they bring you. Uh, Tales of the Penguin, Catwoman, Joker, and Scarecrow in Batman Adventures style. Don't miss out this time. So they're gearing up to put out a trade of the first one. That trade, by the way, hard to find now. Just as out of print as everything else. Oh, I'm sure. Well, especially because trades were pretty rare back then. Like, they weren't. Yeah. Like And Batman Adventures might have got that first trade. I don't know if there's trades for the entire thing. It's it's really scattered all over the place as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. So that was that was the first uh, letter. The other was from Brian. Let me see if I could find it. Dear sirs, would you 
Be ever so kind as to stop using those uneven borders. They're so distracting. The stupid uneven borders are stupid. I find those borders disruptive to the story. Those annoying borders pull the reader out of the story, therefore distracting them from the original purpose, which is to enhance the story and draw the reader in. The borders suck. I hate those cockeyed lay layouts. Uh, they're so jarring. The harmonics of the story and are, and are, are out of tune. Whoa, bogus visuals, man. The disproportionate panel edges are unsettling. Honestly, I feel the way about the panels constructed uh, really does distract from the story. One moment they give the flow of the story a jumpy feeling. One panel pushes you along and the next one drags you down. Then wham, with all the horizontal edges uh, rising up, I feel like I'm walking uphill. I want the comic to pull me in. Thank you for your time and may your mailbag and wallet grow fat. That was Brian Van Dyke from Grand Rapids, Michigan. He hates those panels, Jason. <laughs> was that was that of the jerk reference? Yeah. <laughs> he hates these cans. One of the greatest movies ever made. I So Scott said, Scott said in reaction, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, was our only negative letter received on this entire issue. So there, kissing up may now resume. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that, I think that's cool that they uh, printed that, but I also think it's cool uh, yet again wading into the uh, old school comic book letters columns that even when they did print like critical letters, like they were very rarely like ever like mean. Like I think like like I don't agree with that person's criticisms, but I think they're like valid. And he at right, the, like, and he at the he end has a of preference. It, and he at the end of it was like, I wish you're, you know, I, I still wish you guys success. Like I want the, you know, he doesn't like right. there's not right. malice in it. He's just kind of like, no, he's just kind of like, here's this like little thing that I don't like. Please stop doing it. But also, hey, I hope you guys still get rich and keep on working like, you know, because I still want to read comic <laughs> yeah, books, yeah. but just no slanty panels. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. like that's. It's kind of it's kind of, by comparison, it's so quaint and nice. <laughs> yeah, I I have a um, a copy of Absolute Year One, and it is uh, reprinted with letters columns in the original newsprint in Ooh. one of the hardcovers in there. And there are letters that are like for anyone who doesn't know Batman Year One, maybe one of the best Batman stories ever made ever in the history of Batman ever. Yeah. I kind of like, it's, it's definitely my firm. Number one, honestly, I, I just, yeah. And the letters column has people being like, I hate this stupid story. Why are we doing Batman year one? Who cares? <laughs> it's so good, Jason. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it, it, it reminds me of, uh, I forget. I even forget the name of the band now, but I remember some show that I went to back in the day and one of the opening bands was sort of on the rise. Right. Yeah. And like their set was taking a little bit longer because the headliner like had something happen and they, they were like, got like a message like, Hey, can you play one more song? You know, they just needed a bit more yeah, time yeah, for yeah. something. And so they're like, Oh shit. They're like, all right guys. Like, yeah, we were going to leave, but we're going to play one more song. And like some guy goes like, you know, some people went like, boo, like just get off the stage. And like the, the singer is like, yeah, don't worry. You'll like us when everybody else does too. And then like, <laughs> and I'm like, and, and like, I, I get, it's like, I guarantee you those letters were at the time where people were like, God, the story sucks, blah, blah, blah. I bet those same people now are just like, you weren't around when the greatest Batman story was made. I was buying it issue by issue. And I've always, I always recognized I've always that. Loved it. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure yeah. you did pal. Sure you did. Like, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. I have to pick up some of those issues. I do love how they've started doing that again. Like they did that with, I think the first like spectacular Spider-Man recently where they just, 
did a full honest to God one to one reprint yeah, yeah. with like all the ads, mostly original ish color, like yeah, I actually um just picked up a reprint of Batman Adventures 12. Finally got my hands on it. I got a uh polybagged uh art germ cover for it. And it's a variant cover that had like a couple of different variants, which is why it was polybagged to seal it so you don't know what it is. I don't know, whatever, who cares. The point is, is Jason, they printed it on new paper, which looked weird, and then cuz I'm used to reading them in in actual newsprint. And then no letters column. And I was like, you call this a reprint? How dare you? How How, dare how dare you? I'm I'm going to get my lawyers and sue you for false advertising and and force (laughs) you to give me the goddamn letter. Well, it was just like I, you know, I I spent, you know, weeks and weeks scouring eBay for like an auction that I could snipe to like get it at like you know, under $50 and like, <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of reasonable price. It's some sort of reasonable price. And then I finally get it and I'm like, I can finally read the letters column. And it's like, nope, it's just ads for, you know, current Harley Quinn stories. And I'm like, well, all right, I guess. I think this is um, core to uh, our friendship and why we get along so well is because I can't think of too many. I think you're the one of the few people in the world that I know would get just as excited as I would if I'm like, oh, Nick, I totally found this issue like at a good price. And it has this letters right, column right. that that something may or may not have happened in or like, let's sure, check it sure. out. And you'd be like, well, like the last time you were up in Connecticut and we were went to our old local comic book shop, Sarge's, and we were when we were looking at all, all the old 70s books. We, like that, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. most of I think even you said like, OK, OK, we have to go. He's like, I, you were like, I have right. to like I, I can't. went through one and a half bins out of, I think, three or four that were there. And I was like, I cannot keep I can't be in these bins any longer. <laughs> I yeah. hit my maximum. Yeah. Yeah. All right. L- let me hit, let me hit you with with one last letter sure, to, sure. to leave out on. Dear Scott. OK, now listen to me very carefully. I now have in one hand a copy of Batman Adventures number one, and in the other hand, a gun. Why do I have a gun pointed at the comic? Well, it's simple. Send me an original drawing of Two-Face. The comic remains unharmed. But if you don't, send me that Two-Face drawing. Blam. You understand? Good. That was David uh, Barkett in Euclid, Ohio. And Scott says, listen carefully. Can you hear me? And he writes in tiny text, I don't bargain. Did you hear that? Good. <laughs> <laughs> He's just having fun. Yeah, He's real, just, real good. I'm sure. I, I really hope that that was a moment when he was writing that back, and he sat back in his chair and was like, and he was like, a job well done. Yeah, and he was like, man, I can't <laughs> believe I get paid to do this. You know. Uh, let's hit the two read pile. Yeah, let's hit it up. Let's hit it up. You uh, bringing anything to the pod today? Yeah, two things, actually. One is an actual read thing, something I've actually been reading for years and years and years, uh, which is uh, Cat and Girl, this wonderful long-running webcomic at catandgirl.com, done by uh, this wonderful cartoonist, uh, Dorothy. I just looked up trying to find, uh, because I subscribed to her Patreon, uh, her last name, but uh, uh, can't find it, but she's been around for a, a long time and sort of of like yeah. the kind of uh, punk rock zine tradition. And it's just these beautiful uh, 
one-off strips that have been going on for a long, long time. And the gags are great. And they sometimes get really weird and esoteric. And I love her art. I love her cartoons. Oh, yeah. Her first, her first, uh, Strip was June 14th, 1999. So, yeah. 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 A lot to pull from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and she's just been she's just one of those people who's just so prolific. Like she's just been doing this for like over 20 yeah. years. And I actually I just got my first issue. If you subscribe to her Patreon at uh, I think there's the highest tier is five bucks a month. There's really only two. But if you subscribe yeah. to her Patreon for five dollars a month and you stick with uh, it for th- at least three months, then every month or so you'll get a mini comic of the previous month's cat and girl strips. Oh, neat. Yeah. And I got my first one of that and I I, I read through them again. It was just so cool having this. That's rad. Yeah. This handmade artifact. And I absolutely love that. And I love uh, supporting smaller artists like that where, and when I can, um, yeah. And that leads me into my second recommendation, which is a, a, a this is a to watch, not a to read. But everybody, uh, if you can for at least a month, try Dropout TV at dropout.tv. They're the uh, formerly uh, College Humor people, and they have shows on there like Dimension 20, which is a really well done D&D Let's Play that has a bunch cool. of different uh, uh but it's uh, it's just it's a streaming service. It's an in, it's a truly independent streaming service, and they also have a great. Uh, I'm going through episodes I hadn't watched before. Um, I haven't watched everything on the service yet, but there's this great show called Game Changer, which is a game show, and they're all improv comedians, right? But the um, yeah. the point of Game Changer as a game show is that nobody knows what the game is going to be, and they have to try to <laughs> they have to try to figure it out along that the sounds way very good yeah and there's that all these very good yeah and they're all really talented improv uh comedians and so it's actually funny and good and surprising and it's only seven bucks a month you know nice like it's only seven bucks a month and they're independent and they've been doing pretty well and so like two things i really recommend cat and girl dropout tv nice nice g- get up on them what have you what have, what have you been reading nick what have, what have you been so putting into those eye holes uh, I've been chipping away at uh, Showa 1926 to 1939, A History of Japan by Shigeru uh, Mizuki. But I'm not bringing that to this pod. Okay. I'm going to save it for next pod because I'm 300 pages in and I feel like I can finish it and then have a better sense of how to talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really so jealous that's for the, of that. I mean, that's I, for the next pod. Yeah. For for everyone listening, I, I'd never heard of this uh, uh, artist before, and and Nick had sent me uh, that that he had recently like bought it and was telling me about. What, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is yeah, extremely nice him, shit. I brought him to the pod once before with a uh, uh, Kataro. Uh, he's a yokai kid who's like with other yokai spirits. Same artist, same artist. This is okay. Kataro's like how he got popular. Basically, what, was that a drawn in quarterly book? Was that? Or was that both are drawn in quarterly books? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Um, but we'll talk about that another time. The only other thing that I want to talk about was mask of the phantasm. The Batman animated movie got a comic book release and it's like, it's like zine sized and I have a copy of it. It's not on the app. And that came out this week, this week of Batman stuff like with the nightfall and, Batman Adventures 15, um, same team, uh, Kelly, 
Mike, Rick, Tim, and other Rick. Yes. <laughs> same team, same editors, same everything. Uh, so it's basically, and it's, it's pretty much just Mask of the Phantasm, you know, like it's, it's yeah. fine. It is what it is, but it's like a neat little thing to see, you know, Mike Parobeck drawing Mask of the Phantasm. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's neat. It's neat. That's There's, a- there was a couple of shots in there that were really, really good. And I, it's been a long time since I've watched Mask of the Phantasm. And I was like, I don't know if he pulled it right from the movie or if this is Mike Parobeck flexing or what, but I don't know. It was, um, it's only 60 pages too. So it's a very condensed version of Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't really feel the Andrea Belmont pull that you do in Mask of the Phantasm in the movie. Yeah. But oh, it was still, it was still fun. Still a good read. Worth checking out if you're into Batman the Animated Series. Like you might be listening to this podcast. Yeah. I should hope, man, that. Oh God, I loved Mask of the Phantasm and I loved, this is just making me think of, um, wait, so refresh my memory. If I'm right, Mask of the sure. Phantasm was about, there was a, a character that was in like serials sort of that Bruce grew up, um, or am so I, I thinking of Andrea, a, di- am I thinking of a different I don't know if Andrea is, I, I think you're thinking of the right thing. I don't think Andrea, I don't know if she's. In serials, I don't know if she was made for Mask of the Phantasm, but the storyline briefly is that Andrea and Bruce kind of fall in love and then he's like trying to be Batman. It's like year one. He's trying to be Batman. He doesn't even have the bat suit yet. He's just like beating up thugs in like, you know, sweatsuits, basically in a mask. Yeah. And uh, Andrea, meanwhile, so he's trying to commit himself to Batman. He feels that pull. And then meanwhile, he's basically fallen in love for the first time with Andrea. Andrea, her father was in organized crime. Um, One of the people that he was involved with grows up to be the Joker eventually. Um, And she has been had her life ruined by organized crime. If I remember correctly, it's very fast in the comic book and I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Okay, But but so she's so she becomes the phantasm and she's slowly killing all her father's associates. um, Okay, including the Joker. And then Batman's kind of caught in the middle between like looking at the past of like the relationship that he could have had if he had given up Batman, like maybe Andrea would be okay, And then him and Andrea in this emotional connection that all comes to a head where he realizes he has a duty to do as Batman and also the Joker's in the mix, which is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I was, I was confusing it with a different uh, episode. Uh, I'm, I'm remembering more now of mask. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of uh, mask of the phantasm, man. That's yeah, so it's, Oh, I'm just, I'm sorry. I, there's I, been okay. Okay. Not to put too fine a point on it, <laughs> but there's been a lot of great, like, woman is in love with Batman and Batman is in love with, with woman <laughs> stories. Yeah. yeah uh, yeah. Dr. Chandra, not one of them. Yeah. Like, this Andrea Belmont story is so, so good. And you really feel like she's like in the series, she's like funny and jokey with him. Yeah. Like there's this part, there's this part where he bumps into her at, at a cemetery. Cause he's talking to his parents and she's talking to her mom who passed. And she's like, she said he says something to her and and she quips back like 
she asks him a question and he's like, oh, I thought you weren't interested. And she's like, I'm not. My mom was asking and drives <laughs> away. And I'm just like, ah. it's just so good. You just like you feel for these characters. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Dr. Chandra is like, I don't I don't know. Well, you, I, even, I don't know even, anything about her. Even Talia, <laughs> even Talia and Bruce in the in the last right. uh, it, it issue was written so much better. And and Bruce was great romance. Like, Bruce was heartbroken that like he had to cho- choose being Batman over her. She was heartbroken that right. he couldn't just right. stop because she was like, wouldn't it be cool if we were just like similar. regular people in Paris? You know, similar, like, similar vibes to him and Andrea. Yeah, the you really- know, that pull between Batman, you know, being what he's obligated to and and, you know, the life that he wants to be happy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like the relationship feels a lot more real, you know, like the, right. like the really right. good Batman Catwoman stories were like, you yeah. know, you know, there's quips and they're playing back and forth. But you can really feel that both characters like want to be normal, but the yeah. the other obligations they feel they have won't ever allow them to be normal. Man, so. I uh, I haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm in a while. I want to rewatch it. However, during Batman Day, I saw that one of my local theaters was running a Batman uh, like marathon. Yeah, of like like all the old Batman movies, Michael Keaton stuff like that. But they were also running Mask of the Phantasm. Word. And I really wanted to go see it in the theater, and I just totally missed it. It uh. was. It, I just. I don't know. I totally whiffed on it. But yeah. next time, next Batman day, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just I'm just so jealous that you have this. If not for nothing else, just this really cool artifact like those those to me yeah. are the comic books that are worth the most is that and that I, w- I would end up paying a hundred dollars for and not because I'm a huge Batman fan or anything, but just because I'm like, it's such a weird I'm sure. little thing. Uh- I'm sure you could get it on eBay. I'm sure it's cheap. Oh, because sure, it's not sure like it a first too. appearance of anything. And, you know, they were mostly I don't even know what the hell that thing came out of, you know, like it's because it's it's looks like it's zine sized. It's not even like full comic book sized. It's like tiny. Oh, it's very weird. It had to have been packed into a toy or something well i don't know well because remember during this time that was actually for promotional materials of comic books because remember the right. wizard half issues yeah yeah it i was, have one uh that i cataloged for the max i have a max half i think yeah. the, the wizard did like four or five of them yeah, yeah 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 same same thing same thing yeah they used to do that they used to also back in the day call those uh ash cans because they would right they, right they yes would, like I totally forgot about that yeah because big publishers would sometimes for like promotional things when a book wasn't quite done yet but they wanted like people to like write about it or get like a feel of it would without color really cheaply print like right. a, a, a sort of for like no corrections yet but here's the ash can of just for a promotion just to wet your whistle of like here's what it's here's yeah, what yeah, the unvarnished yeah. looks like so far you know, and like that stuff yeah. used to be a bit more common than uh, uh, it is these days, you know, for sure. You know, for sure. Because yeah. now everything is online previews. And yeah, the, the Internet destroyed everything, Jason. <sighs> Goddamn Internet. Goddamn. Speaking internet. of yeah. speaking of Jason. Yeah. Is the Internet coming for us? Is that <laughs> is, is it right behind me? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> um. Jason, when you when you look behind you in a comical fashion, the the listeners can't see that. That's that's for you and me. That's yeah. for you. And oh me. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want to tell you, 
Thank you. Thank you is what I want to say. <laughs> Let's wrap up the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, where can people get in touch with you? Uh, people can get in touch with me mostly on Twitter. I don't post a whole lot. I should post more. Uh, I'm going to try to be more active uh, on both my accounts uh, for promoting uh, this podcast. But you can find me personally at King of Black at King of Black Acid uh, and the both of us uh, at world's second finest. That's with the two in there, the numeral two uh, at Twitter uh, for updates and sharing of various uh, comic booky. Have you things. have you noticed that Twitter has been inundating you with ads lately? Uh, no, because the- I I have been absolutely so I block every single account that advertises to me. Yeah. So I usually don't get a ton of ads and lately it's like coming out of the woodwork. I don't know, man. I've I've just learned to ignore them, especially they're so ineffectual, like especially on yeah, the feed. Right. I'm just like, right. oh, oh, yeah, promoted. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, well, I'm I'm Nick Phil on there and you could also find me on Linktree uh, and that'll link you to, you know, my YouTube, my Twitch, whatever. Yeah. Any, anything else that I got going on. Yeah, this motherfucker over here streams all the time, guys. You want to you want to get in on some like on some fire? Don't say all the time. Uh, Don't say all the time. It's very seldom. I'm very bad. Like Jason. Well, (laughs) let's not not promise anything. Not all the time, but you know more than me. Let's say, which is because I never stream on Twitch. More than more than nothing. Yeah, more than more than nothing. I do stream occasionally. Yeah, I, I I just I just put up um a full playthrough of Fire Emblem. Path of Radiance took me a second to get there, but I, I have a full playthrough up there on YouTube. Um, I am going to, in the new year, try to do more comics on Twitch. So if you want to see me like both draw and color up on Twitch, join me up there. Oh, wow. Hell yeah. I think I'm up. Fuck, I'll be there. And I promise I won't yeah. heckle a lot. You can, <laughs> you can heckle a little. It's fine. A little. Just a little. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening.